Welcome to the Swim Swim Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got a very special guest. He committed to not one, but two teams that ended up getting cut. And so he is reclassified uh, to the high school graduating class of 2022. He's going to take a gap year, weigh his options. Uh, and to get his perspective on this unique situation today, we are talking to Coleman McCreary. How you doing? Thanks for being on here, Coleman. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you because, like I said, this this is quite a unique situation and obviously one that has been a little more common um, since the start of this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so to start things off, uh, you, uh, I think you were a junior in high school, uh, April of your junior year of high school, just after things with the COVID-19 pandemic had started, uh, you committed to swim and attend East Carolina University. Tell me about what into what went into that process for you. So when I first started talking to East Carolina, it was kind of like a out of the blue thing. Like they weren't even one of the first schools to reach out to me. I didn't reach out to them. It was just kind of random. Um, out at Summer Juniors in Stanford, my dad just was like randomly passing the coach. And we have family members that are like involved at East Carolina and he just randomly went, go Pirates, R. And she was like, you know the thing. And he, I was like, yeah. So they randomly started talking. And then somehow she ended up reaching out to me. And then from there on, we just started talking. Um, and then I just, the way they recruited me was great. I really enjoyed talking to them the entire time. Um, talking with the team just felt natural, just felt like home to me. Um, and I had some... Uh, some family that was already in Greenville. So it felt natural. So I ended up committing there in April of last year. So you commit in April of 2020. You're, you're a Charlotte native. You live in Charlotte, North Carolina. How far is East Carolina from you? Uh, about three and a half hours. Uh, not okay. too far at all. And then my parents were planning on moving to the beach down there. So home for me would have been like an hour. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, and then obviously, so you commit in April, uh, and obviously uh, East Carolina swim swim team gets cut in May. Um, what what was your reaction? First of all, what was your reaction to that when you found out? So initially, we honestly had a little bit of some information that was unsure in the beginning because my uncle is a football coach at East Carolina, so we had heard rumors that they were cutting sports and swimming was potentially one of them. And we, we were all like, there's no way. Cause they're one of their better programs on campus, probably if not top three. Um, but uh, we, we were like, that kind of sounds a little bit bogus. We don't really know if this is going to be a thing or not. So a week went by and I get a call from uncle saying, just got out of an AD meeting they're cutting swimming and my heart just sank. I was like, there's no way like this recruiting process has already been hard enough. Like there's no way I have to go through this. Just a thousand things running through my brain at one time. 
But at the same time, I was like, you know, it's not crunch time. I've got a couple more months. I'm just going to put my name back out, reach back out to some schools I was talking to before. It'll be fine. So after all that fell through, I just kind of took a deep breath and was like, it's okay. It's fine. Like I'm on a good track training wise, everything will be fine. So after putting my name back out, can I, I, sorry, can I stop you there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so did you have, uh, you know, once you got the news, obviously, like you said, that's, that's, that's heartbreaking. That's, that's a hard pill to swallow. I'm sure for everyone. Um, did you hear from the team, from the coaches? Uh, did you get perspective from them at all? Oh yeah, definitely. I heard from Kate Moore, who's now at Washington state. She was the one that worked with me basically through my whole process. She's great. I have nothing but good things to say about her, but she, uh, she called me in that afternoon and just kind of was like, Hey, I know you heard the news. Um, we're devastated. We had no idea. Just if you have any questions for us, please feel free to let us know if you need anyone to talk, just we're here. So they were very, very thorough and subtle with everything. Um, they, uh, did a great job the whole way through. Um, but the team, I think, was the hardest group to talk to because that was that was their life. And then after all that happened, it was just nothing. Um, they actually, I think they did come out and say that they're going to reinstate the women's program. Um, but I know some of the guys are still on campus. They're still going to school and everything, and they're still trying to fight for the program as well. Yeah. Then obviously that's ongoing and, and obviously yes. that's, that's a hard situation. And so hopefully, hopefully that gets reinstated. I know we just reported Dartmouth reinstated both of their programs over, <laughs> over a title nine dispute. And, um, hope, you know, hopefully we can see similar results from East Carolina, but, um, so please continue. So you get back in the recruiting game, uh, and what's your next step after that? So after that, I reached back out to like three of my like top schools I was talking to before that were on my list. Um, and then I, two of the, two of those schools had already filled up their classes and they were like, I mean, right now we're basically only offering walk-on spots. And at, I was like, I really like the schools and I really, really enjoy talking to the team, but I had already kind of proven that I was good enough to earn a scholarship somewhere. So I started talking with Michigan state and that kind of just felt or followed through really well. I enjoyed talking to Quentin who Quentin Bishop. He's, he walked me through that process. Um, he, um, our first conversation I actually had with him way before East Carolina was very quick and I didn't really like reach back out to them until after East Carolina. And then that second conversation we had was great. So things kind of went through with that. I took an unofficial because this was during COVID. I took an unofficial up there, saw campus and everything and came home. And I was like, that was great. That was no, there was no students on campus, but just being on campus there, it just felt like somewhere I wanted to be. So long story short, I ended up committing. And then three days after I committed, I got a call from another school that was recruiting me. 
and they sent me a article and they said, did you see this? And I thought the article was just something random because it wasn't from like a swim swim or swimming world or any like reliable source. So I was like, Hmm, or nothing that I had heard of before. So I wasn't really like too sure. So I just kind of like laughed it off and sure enough, like 30 minutes later, the coach calls me and is like, so did you see the news? And I was like, yeah, I did. And I, at that point, when I told my parents, cause they had no idea, I went downstairs and I was like, Hey, this just happened. And then at that point we were like, there's just no way this has happened twice. Like there's, there's just no way. So I, uh, at that point, I think I went into the absolute worst mental headspace I've ever been in, in my entire life. I did not want to swim. I didn't want to do anything. I just was done like my I had had the worst stretch of luck like ever and then after I kind of took a deep breath and I was like you know there's a lot of really good opportunities out there and I was also at the same time kind of struggling with swimming in general because the training I was doing wasn't really working for me and I just hadn't had a very good senior season and usually that's everyone's like final peak before college they go all out they just have a great season. And unfortunately I just wasn't really in that headspace. So I uh, decided to make a switch in teams, switch in atmospheres. And after all that, I just kind of decided, I was like, you know what? I think taking another year is going to do me a whole lot of good. And I think I made that decision with like absolutely no hesitation. So and and can and congrats on making that decision that's 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 a great thing to do for yourself it's not, it seems like you did the best thing you could with with the knowledge you have and obviously it's such an uncertain time that we're in right now uh my first question on all of this is uh you find out the news from Michigan state and then you like you said you go into that dark place can you tell me a little bit more about that specifically? How, how long did that last before you were kind of able to take a step back and say, okay, maybe this means a new opportunity. So initially when it happened, I just kind of, I was having a really hard time processing it because I was literally like a week out from signing. Like they were mailing my stuff to me and then I was going to have like my signing day and everything like the week later. And that's all I had in my mind was after I sign, I'm good. Like, mm-hmm. and that's, I think that's everyone's mentality right before they sign anyway. And I was, I was ready. So then having like a bigger rug pulled out from under me, I was like, this is, this is just some sick joke at this point. And then it got to the point where I like couldn't stand going to practice. Um, I, just didn't enjoy swimming. Like it all, it literally almost broke me. I was like, I can't, I don't know if I can do this much longer. Um, but I remember sitting down about two weeks after, right before, like we had like a, we were suiting up wearing an old suit at a meet and carry. And I like a week out, I was like, you know, I'm just going to sit down. And just think about the options that I have. Um, 
and taking a gap year was one of the things I thought about initially. And I had approached a few people that I know through swimming, um, some coaches in the college scene. And I was like, so what do you think about a gap year? Like, do you think for me, it would do some good? And most of the, most of the initial reactions were negative. I didn't really have a good feeling about it. And them giving me that, that initial reaction of, I really don't think it's going to work. It usually doesn't work it's really hard to stay mentally tough through that whole thing, that whole year. And I was like, you know, I don't know. So after sitting down and thinking about it, I was like, you know, I've already been through enough crap. I think I can stand another year. I think my mental strength is the best it's ever been. I don't think I can have any worse luck. Um, And to some, it might be a risk, but I mean, I don't think there could be a better risk to take. Uh, I have been one of those swimmers that's kind of developed late and has had pretty good end of season meets consistently. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to stick it out for another year. Um, And coming to that decision was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever made because all of my friends would be leaving me this next year. Some of my like better training partners would be leaving And then my biggest issue was that group that I was with at my old team would have just been gone completely. And it had just been me and two juniors that I trained with. So I, that's when I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to go somewhere else. So after I made that switch and talked to my former coach, who's now my coach now, I, um, I definitely got that assurance that this next year is probably my best option. So. I, I love how you weighed all these options. You, you talked to a lot of people, you got their perspective. Not, I I'm, I'm shocked that, that you talked to these college coaches and they were kind of like, no gap year's not a good, not a good move. Um, that that's really surprising to me because I would think that for someone, especially in, in a situation like that, like yours, it might be a good thing. Um, so that was surprising to me, but, um, you know, I think many people, their reaction might be, well, you've already, you know, you already know how to do recruiting. You already know how to get recruited. Why not just go for it again? Um, so can you take me through your, you know, you've been recruited twice now. Um, can you take me through that process a little bit, especially during a pandemic and, and what goes into it and what people might not realize about how taxing it can be? So getting recruited during a pandemic versus not is really, I guess, not, at least for me, it wasn't all that different because I, other than taking visits, you're basically just having phone calls. Um, and you can still talk to the team and everything like that, but not having that face-to-face interaction can also also change a lot of how you go about things. Um, like I did a lot more research online than I was doing originally because um, I started my recruiting process before COVID. So having that switch, I had to do things a little bit differently. Um, taking unofficial visits 
is still allowed. So getting on campus and still seeing everything is uh, has has been a pretty good thing that hopefully people have been able to do. Um, and I highly advise people to do that if that are getting recruited. Um, but in terms of like how things have, are running, I just I guess the only thing that's different is the face to face interactions. Um, not being able to talk to coaches and in like larger groups and taking those visits definitely can make a huge difference. So having a, having a different decision-making process, I guess, is the biggest thing because usually you make that decision after taking your official visits, you go on campus, you go to a football game. And after that, you're like, yeah, I want to go here. But after COVID, you can't do any of that. Like you have to make the decision based on, how well you get along with the team, the coaches, and how much you like campus, and if they have what you like academically. Um, you really can't judge it on how much fun you had on your visit and being around the team and getting a uh, feel for their atmosphere. So, And, again, was there a specific reason you didn't want to jump right back in to recruiting again um, after Michigan State? So it, all those schools I was reaching out to seemed like they had already done their stuff. They were done. They filled up their classes. And I also felt like I had a lot more potential and I had a lot of room to grow. So I was like, you know, maybe I can unlock that potential a little bit more over the next year. And that way some more doors will open up for me that way. And I won't have to worry about, I guess going somewhere and it not being where I would stay for four years. Mm-hmm. So makes a lot of sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And so tell me about, let's get into your swimming background a little bit. You said, you mentioned you were a late bloomer earlier. Um, when did you get into swimming and when, when did it become, you know, a, a real serious thing for you? So I started swimming just out of nowhere, really, I was doing karate classes at this like family rec center. And I walked out of a karate co- or of a karate class one evening and I walked out and I just got this like super like strong scent. And it was like the chlorine. I turned my head and there was a pool. My dad was like, come here, come here. And he was watching the swimmers because he used to swim, like not seriously, just like summer league. And I walked in and all these kids were doing like, 50s fly and I was like whoa and I could swim because I have a pool in my backyard that I could and I could swim before I could walk so I was already pretty like in tone with the water and um I was like I've never seen someone swim like that before I was so confused I was like eight and um like the week later I was in that same pool swimming so uh after talking to that coach, I started swimming summer league. And then we met a kid that swam year round and I started swimming year round around nine. And then ever since I've just been swimming. Um, now when I said late bloomer, I would say late bloomer potential wise. I grew really early, really fast. And I think that's part of the reason why I didn't, I haven't really uh, been the best trainer, I guess you could say until this year. Um, I think finally I'm getting in tune with how I am recovering and 
stuff like that. So I'm able to just kind of feel things out a little bit better than I was able to before. Ooh, tell me about that. Uh, you, you grew really early, really fast. And so you didn't, didn't know how to train. Can you break that down for me a little more? So I like, I, I would say I got really into heavy training around 14 because that's when I started like making like my futures cuts or try thinking about making my futures cuts and stuff like that. And I was like, um, you know, by 15, I want to have my 100 and 200 breaststroke cuts. That's it. That's what I want to do. So I would go to the pool, I'd say like five times a week and just be dead those five days. And then that sixth day on Saturday, I would have one really good day. I have no idea why. That's just the way it, that's just the way I'd swim. Um, or it'd be some random day in the middle of the week. I could not tell you to this day why it was just cause I, that was just what happened. And it wasn't because I wasn't trying those other five days. I would just have one pretty good day a week. And then the rest would just be like really hard and unnecessarily hard for me. Um, but I think it had a lot to do with just how, how I was adapting to different things. Um, we kind of, uh, the training we were doing at the time was a little bit different from what I'm doing now. So I guess what I'm doing now is working differently. Um, I really couldn't tell you, honestly. Um, like my coach still says the same thing. He was like, like he says this almost every week now. He's like, where was this when you were like 15 and 16? Like if you did this when you were 15 and 16, I can't even like think to where you'd be now. And I was like, couldn't tell you coach. Sorry. <laughs> so I, um, honestly don't know I uh I just think that I I don't really I honestly have no idea I I was a weird growing kid I guess I really don't know so 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 in one way or another you were a late bloomer bloomer sorry and and now you've kind of figured things it sounds like you figured things out a little bit you're taking this gap year so you can uh train a little more get get even more in tuned with with your body and what's going on in the pool. And, uh, and you're also going to be taking community college courses as well. Yes. Yes. So the plan right now is to just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, training wise, maybe change a few different things just to kind of feel more in tune with how college swimming is going to be. Um, and then taking some courses to get some credits out of the way. So that way I'm not just, literally sitting around for a year and just going to the pool for a couple hours a day. So I'll probably orient my training around how I'm taking courses, just how, like how it would be in college. Um, but also I'm planning on making a decision sooner rather than later. So probably around March or April, that was like my timeline kind of, I'm trying to be a little bit more aggressive with things this year, but I also, that's the timeline I gave myself because of how late I decided to come into the 2022 class. Um, I guess it wasn't really late, but it was later than when they got started. So I was already at that point. So I've been trying to be really aggressive about reaching out to people and stuff like that. But um, this, I think this next year in terms of my academics and everything like that, that's where I'm really going to need to make the biggest change because 
how different stuff is going to be in college compared to high school. And by make a decision, you mean you would like to have com- verbally committed to a call to, you know, to go to a college yes. by within the next two, three months. Right. Right. Because my like big end of year shave taper meets in March, and then we'll probably do like a long course meet in April. So that'll be like two, a week or two apart from each other. So around that time, because that's when men's NCAAs will be wrapping up. Some colleges will have some time to talk. Um, so I think that's probably like my best time period. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is my like thir- basically third go around. So I've like learned <laughs> a lot and I'm starting to be a little more methodical about some stuff. Absolutely. I mean, and that's, that's one of the reasons I wanted to sit down and talk with you is because you have this wealth of knowledge now about, you know, this, this whole recruiting process. Um, do you have any specifics uh, of, of, you know, what you're being more methodical about this go around? Um, I, yes. And no, there's some, also, there's some things that I'm still kind of learning because bigger schools recruit a lot differently from smaller schools. Um, like mid majors recruit differently from power five schools. So I'm still kind of learning how those schools are recruiting and how to uh, just kind of communicate with those schools because sometimes those power fives, you got to be a little more aggressive with the mid majors. With some of my times now, I would be some of, or I would be somewhere between like top three to top five in their pressure group. So I would have to, I guess, I wouldn't have to be as aggressive with those schools, but with the power fives, I would have to be like, okay, these are my times. This is what I'm doing this year. I really can't like show you anything, but if there's, I wish you could see what I'm doing in practice, stuff like that. So like, if you have any questions, reach out to my coach, things like that. But with the power fives, it's, they usually look at your progression curve more than your times or vice versa. The, mid-majors look at that progression curve and the power fives are usually like, okay, what are your times now? Like, what are you going to do in these dual meets? What are you going to do in conference and stuff like that? Um, and obviously that's the end goal is power five for me, but um, I also don't want to get too excited about anything because you never know what can come up. So as, as you know, better than most. Yes, yes Absolutely. Um, well, Coleman, it's been great sitting down and talking with you for a while and, and getting this perspective again, because you are in this unique situation. Um, any parting thoughts or, or, or any final wisdom um, for listeners who might be in you know, a similar position uh, looking at colleges, mid-major or power five? So my biggest piece of advice is to make sure wherever you have in mind is going to give you the best future opportunities. So I would look past college and see what it's gonna do for you in your future. Um, And in terms of just recruiting wise, make sure that the atmosphere that you're going to be involved in is something that you want to be involved in and something that's gonna push you and make you a better athlete and student um, and a person for that matter. Um, But Never be scared to talk to somebody because the worst answer you're going to get is no. Um, And use those no's as motivation. Never 
back down from a challenge and just let those challenges teach you things and just keep moving forward. So is, is there a specific way that you have found, um, you know, again, you mentioned looking past what college is going to give you into the future. Are there certain things, certain goals that you're kind of looking at now is, okay, this is kind of what I want to get for after my life in college. I mean, I obviously want to have a family, make a good living and things like that, just like I think any other person would want. But I mean, I want to come out of school and just know what I want to do, um, know how to handle certain things mentally, physically, um, and just be the best version of myself I could possibly be. I think that's what everyone should strive to want and have. Um, But other than just having that, I guess, dream of what you want to do, I think you should obviously look at who you are now and where you have where your strengths and weaknesses are and then see where that program can build those strengths and weaknesses and then from there i guess you're set sage wisdom from coleman mccreary uh coleman again i appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with me today yeah thanks for having me on it was a good time You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.